Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 111 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success strategies for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, before we get into the main part of the show, I wanted to let you know about my online PR course and group coaching program, Vegans in the Limelight. It's ideal for small business owners, including authors, artists and creatives on a budget who understand the value of getting yourself or your vegan brand featured regularly in the media, but can't afford to spend thousands of dollars or pounds a month to hire a publicist or PR firm. With Vegans in the Limelight, you get access to online video training that takes you through every step of how to get media coverage that can help you generate more leads and sales, as well as grow your email list and social media following. So we cover how PR and social media work in tandem, how to research and target the media without spending a cent, how to find the stories in your vegan brand on a regular basis, how to approach journalists the right way with ideas and stories. That's a really important one. How and when to write a media release. How to create an online media room for your website without spending heaps of time or money. How to respond to journalists' call-outs or queries, which is the easiest and quickest way to get media coverage and free publicity content marketing and PR, so how to create your own shareworthy stuff and leverage it to the max, writing and content creation tips for opinion pieces, listicles, features and columns, speaking gigs and PR, so how to leverage events to gain media coverage, and interview tips for print, online, radio and TV. Now, as well as the video training, which you go through at your own pace over 12 months, the program also includes a full 12 months of group coaching, including a monthly live Q&A call. You can also post your questions throughout the year on the learning platform, and you can post your pitches and media releases and get feedback from me before you send them to journalists. So you've basically got me holding your hand, helping you to do your own PR for a full year. It's a great value program. It's way more affordable than similar courses. And it's the only one that's specifically aimed at vegan and plant-based business owners, entrepreneurs, authors, coaches, and creators. Current students have already got media coverage in mainstream and specialist newspapers, magazines, radio and TV shows, as well as blogs and podcasts. So if you'd like to get your vegan brand or yourself featured in the media, but don't have the budget to hire a publicist or PR agency, then I highly recommend you check out this program. You get full and immediate access to the materials as soon as you enroll. You can find out all the details by going to veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the link for the program Vegans in the Limelight. And there's also a link on the show notes page. And if you have any questions about the program, including whether it's right for you, feel free to email me at katrina at veganbusinessmedia.com. Now for the main part of the show. 
In this episode, I interview Diana Edelman, founder of Vegans Baby, a resource website and guide to all things vegan in Las Vegas. After nearly a decade as a publicist, Diana wanted a change, so in early 2010, she left her job and the US to travel through Europe, documenting her experience on a blog she launched called D Travels Round and worked for an elephant sanctuary in Chiang Mai, Thailand. After four years living abroad and becoming more aware of animal rights and responsible travel, Diana returned to Las Vegas determined to live a cruelty-free life. With no up-to-date resources for vegans in the city, she created Vegans Baby, a site dedicated to making life in Vegas more accessible for vegans. Diana creates and organises major vegan events in the city, including a vegan dining month, Veganuary Las Vegas, and offers vegan consulting services to restaurants that want to expand to the rapidly growing vegan market. She also penned the Las Vegas Vegan Food Guide, a comprehensive guide to vegan dining in the city, covering 35 categories of food. And most recently, she launched Las Vegas' only vegan food tour, which visits five restaurants and offers at least 12 different tastes of some of the most delicious vegan eats in Sin City. Diana is currently working on expanding the Vegans Baby brand and plans to launch in additional markets in early 2019. In this episode, Diana talks about how she came up with the name of her brand, how she's consolidated her existing skills to create a new business and become an entrepreneur, the proactive steps she took before launching her brand and why you shouldn't keep what you're doing a secret, how her additional revenue streams evolved organically as a result of her responding to customer demand, how a collaboration with a large vegan media outlet and local restaurants benefited everyone involved, and much more. Here's the interview with Diana Edelman from Vegans Baby. Hello, Diana. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on here. Oh, I'm very excited to to talk to you and hear about your different projects. And I love the fact that you've got different streams of income, which we'll delve into a little bit as we go on. But as you know, and I know you're a listener to the podcast, and I know everyone that's a regular listener knows that I always really like to kick off with that first question about why. As a vegan business owner, why do you do what you do? What are your drivers? You know, there, it's a couple different things for me. The biggest one is I want to make positive change in this world. Uh, my background, I worked in elephant rescue and animal rights for a few years in Thailand. And it was a very draining but very um, empowering thing to be able to do to help these animals. And when I left that, I still wanted to be able to make change, but I wasn't sure how. And so Vegans Baby is my way of still making positive change. Um, it's also... Um, I do it because I want other people to see that it's not hard to be vegan and that all the, but I could never go because I couldn't give up cheese. I couldn't give up dairy, all of those things. I want to show them that, Hey, you can. And I want, I want people to understand that being vegan is approachable and that it's, you know, in the food realm, it can be really, really tasty. It's not just salads and business wise and vegan businesses. I want to show that you can go get your eyebrows done and have it be vegan versus, you know, using wax and things like that. So 
really, I, I do it to, to make this lifestyle attainable for people. Wonderful. I love that. It's fantastic. I always love hearing people's reasons why. And they're, they're often, they're quite different, but they often have a kind of a sort of similar thread through, which is, uh, like you say, just about kind of yeah, making things easy and accessible that are mm-hmm. uh, compassionate and kind. So that's wonderful. Now, I want to ask you about the title of the website, particularly for the non-Americans. I mean, I think I'm very well, well I thought I was very well versed in American culture, but I have to admit, when I first heard the title, I mean, I thought, oh, is it, is it a website? about babies (laughs) and I'm like and then I'm like oh it's something to do with Las Vegas and I didn't twig and then I think I was watching some tv show and someone said something about Vegas baby and I was like oh that's why so just just fill us in um for the particularly international listeners (laughs) uh well that's exactly how it came up actually but funny enough um my friends and I, the, the name for Vegans Baby came up after um, a bottle of Lambrusco <laughs> years and years and years ago. And we were like, I knew I, I was living in Europe and I knew I was coming back to the States and, and I'm sure we'll get into the whole story of how Vegans Baby came to be. But we were like, we need to come up with a good domain for this website I wanted to create. So a couple of Lambruscos in, I just went to namecheap.com and just started buying domain names. And in the morning I went back through and just picked the one I thought sounded the best and it was Vegan's Baby. Oh, fantastic. So, so <laughs> <nothing> <laughs> I like that. I love your honesty. It's great. It's great. I think that's good for people to hear that, you know, because sometimes, you know, people spend a lot of time and money, like, you know, coming up with their brand name. And then sometimes it can just kind of happen uh, you know, ad, a little bit ad hoc like that. But so in in yeah. terms of the terminology, so it's a well-known phrase in America that people yeah. kind of say Vegas baby or let's go to Vegas baby. Is That's right, is it? Yes, correct. Okay, got it. Correct. Right, cool. <laughs> and now it's vegans baby. I and like now it. it's vegans okay. baby. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. We want to get that into the vernacular now. Fantastic. So you talked a little bit, yeah, you, you mentioned about um, how how it came, to, how the project came to be. So tell me a little bit about um, how that kind of transpired and, and what some of your challenges were in starting up Vegan's Baby and how did you handle them? Sure. Well, so Vegan's Baby basically came to be because, as I mentioned, I had spent a couple years uh, in Thailand working in animal rights and um, it was there that I decided I wasn't going to eat meat, but I, like a lot of other people, thought it would be too hard to go vegan. So I, I stayed vegetarian for years and then when I was moving back to the States, I knew I was coming back to Vegas and I wanted to take all of my skills of PR, writing, marketing, blogging and move that into the vegan realm. Um, and so I wanted to create a website, um, that would kind of document my journey as I was going and finding all of these places. So obviously when you're starting up, um, a business, the, the biggest challenge is money. And, um, it, it was really, for me, that was the hardest thing. I was very, very fortunate to have, um, somebody, uh, a dear friend of mine who was in the web design realm said, you know what, I'm going to do this for you. And he, he gifted me my first website. Um, so I was very lucky, but then, you know, the other challenge is sure I have this website being created for me, but how am I going to make money? And so when I moved back to Vegas, I, because this, this was my third time living in Vegas and and my background, as I said, is PR, I'm very well connected in, in this city. And so it really was me knocking on doors and saying, Hey, look, I'm back. I can do PR. I can do writing. I can do social media. And it was, it was taking having that like drive to go get, to go get those jobs. And then literally when I was done doing those jobs, coming home and working on vegans, baby. So it was a real challenge of how do I find that balance? How am I going to make enough money to survive, to pay my bills? And then also to pump money into vegans, baby, because the website truly, I'm not sitting online doing research and writing about it. I'm going out to these places 
I'm ordering food, I'm buying products, I'm doing all of these things. So I'm spending money to get the content that I'm writing about. So that was a really big challenge. And honestly, building a brand from nothing. Um, it's, it's, it's a very challenging thing. And, and I've always worked for somebody. Uh, it wasn't until 2010 that I really was like, you know what, I, I, I'm really talented and I can do, and I'm a, and I want to write. And so I actually quit my job in PR and started a travel blog and went traveling. And so, um, it's, I knew going into this, that it was going to be difficult to kind of just start a brand again after I had done the, the travel one. So it's, it's, um, it's just, I think the biggest challenge is just staying focused and keeping your eye on, on, on your why and why you're doing it. And so for those sure. are the big ones for me. No, that's great. So in terms of building the brand, uh, mm-hmm. since you brought that up, I mean, how did you go about sort of doing that? And, and when did you sort of get to the point where Vegan's Baby has become, if it has already become, um, your kind of main project that's generating income? Um, to build the brand, it really, I, I started, I started building the brand before my website launched. So when I moved back, it was December, 2015. So I started right then, as soon as I moved back, um, going to restaurants and telling them who I was and what I was doing. Um, I started getting engaged on social media. I, I captured all the, um, social media handles that would be attached to vegansdaby.com. So I really started populating all of that and, and kind of working towards the website versus once I had the website building out. So um, I spent a lot of time reaching out to people and talking to people and telling people what I was doing before the site actually launched. Got it. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I know some people are a bit scared of doing that because they think, oh, someone might steal my idea. Or maybe that's a Hollywood thing. You know, someone's going to steal my script or my famous idea. But I, I love the <laughs> fact that you you just kind of, because often when you, because the, the other side of that is when, like what happened with you, you put it out there and then people know what you're doing and then they might go, oh, you should talk to Diana. She's doing such and such. So in a way. Exactly. Yeah, it can exactly. attract you what you need. So um, I love that you, you've done that. And in terms of your, uh, of the website, you've, mm-hmm. I, I noticed when I was looking at it, you've actually got multiple streams of income. Um, so you literally combine all of your skills as well as your publishing on the website. You do a, a, a guide to the city, uh, to Las Vegas Vegan Guide to the City. You run events. You do menu makeovers, restaurant consults, um, and copywriting and social media management for brands. So you're you're doing a lot, which is is smart. But I can, tell me about the reason or the decision to why you did that, and the benefits you get, and also how you juggle it all. Sure. Well, the reason I did that is because of necessity. Um, uh, with Vegans Baby, it's only just started now to bring to generate a, some sort of income. And so before that, I had to be able to make money. And so, uh, you know, my, my mom's a career counselor and she would always tell me, have those transferable skills. And I realized <laughs> I have all of these transferable skills that I always thought were, weren't. You know, well, I'm, I'm a public relations practitioner. Well, I can do my own PR. I'm a journalist. Well, I can write. I started brands from scratch on social media. Well, I can do that too. So it's, it's, it was really me just kind of looking at it and saying, oh my gosh, I need to be able to figure out how I'm going to make money. And these are the different, these are my skills. These are my strong suits. This is how I can help other people. So this is what I'm going to package and sell. And so that was, this, that was basically how that ended up happening. Um, the, the Vegans Baby, actual Vegans Baby revenue, the tours, the guidebook, the menu makeovers, the restaurant consulting, that kind of all just organically grew as the brand got bigger. Um, when I launched Vegans Baby, I had none of those things. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was like, okay, I'm just going to start a website. And then one day 
I was sitting and people kept asking me, well, where should I go? What's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? And I just sat there and, and told myself I was going to write a guidebook because that's, that's what the demand was. And right. so I've just kind of pulled from just the, the natural flow of things. And that's kind of how those revenue streams have started to come in just based on, oh, well, this makes sense to do this now. This makes sense to do this now. That's very smart. Very smart thing to do is to create something that people want because, you you know, especially if you've got them hungry to buy something from you, you're, you're filling that gap. So that's, yeah. uh, that's fantastic. So in terms of your, your clientele, um, what, what sort of percentage are them are actually vegan and seek you out because you're vegan compared with non-vegans who just hire you because of either your copywriting or your social media expertise or, or your restaurant consults? It's it's a mix of both. Right now, I actually only have two clients, and that's all I'm taking. That's all. That's I'm at my maximum right now. Um, but in the past, it's it's been a mix of both because I'm so connected in the vegan community. I do have to people that obviously want to reach out to me and support me, um, and and know where my strengths are and how I can help them. Um, but a lot of other businesses have nothing to do with being vegan. Uh, one of my clients right now is a wedding chapel, and that has absolutely nothing to do with vegan anything. <laughs> um, and it, it just comes from referrals from people. Because, as I said, uh, Vegas is a small town. And, um, is it? It, it, you know, that's funny. I think of Vegas as being big and massive. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? I'm thinking Celine Dion on the show. Well, that's interesting. It, you say that. And it <laughs> is. But in terms of the community, the business community here, everyone's very connected to each other. Right. And okay. so if you have a good reputation, you have a good reputation and you get a lot of referrals. And I'm, and I'm very fortunate that I've, I'm, I'm good at what I do in, in that aspect of what people hire me for. And I have really strong referrals. And so therefore, those really come into play when, when people have reached out to me in the past and said, oh, so-and-so referred me to you. Um, and it's, that's basically how it's gone. Got it. In terms of timing, just to give people a sort of a, yeah. an idea, when you first kind of you know, launched Vegan's Baby to now, how long has it sort of taken for you to actually generate revenue from launching the Vegan's Baby brand? Sure. Uh, I launched Vegan's Baby officially May 2016. And I think the first time I made any money off of Vegan's Baby was... May 2017. Okay. So it took about a year. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important for people to hear that because sometimes people kind of think, oh, I'm going to launch this thing and then straight away you're going to make money. Now, I mean, if you're launching vegan chocolate, then, you know, maybe that's the the case, you know, kind of thing. Sure. Something with something like this, building a brand, um, particularly, you know, if people haven't sort of heard of it before, it can take that time to to get out there and like you say, do the hustle, which it sounds like you've really been doing both online on social media, but also offline, actually going there in person. And that kind of leads me into my next question is, yep. which is about the, the brand's very, it, it's very locally focused, you know, it's Las Vegas, it's Vegan's Baby. So tell me why you decided to focus on, on having a, a very local business and what the, the pros and cons of that are. Well, uh, originally, it, as I said, I started it because w- when I was moving back here, I wanted to go vegan and I did research and there wasn't really a whole lot of options in terms of information that was up to date uh, regarding being vegan in Vegas. And so it just kind of happened where I, I was moving back here and I wanted to be able to work for myself and I wanted to continue blogging and writing and doing all the things I loved and also obviously um, make change um, and carry on the work I have been doing to a different extent um, in Thailand. And so it just, it was Vegas because I was living there or because I am living here. Um, And so it just, that's how it ended up being a Vegas based business. Um, And then it was um, working to show other people that look, there's all these options here. 
So it, I could have been Omaha baby or something, you know, it could have been any city. It just happened that I was moving back to Las Vegas. And so Las Vegas was the, was the market. Got it. Got it. And what are the advantages? Cause obviously, you know, the, people are kind of like, Oh, you know, if you're online, you've got a, a you know, you want to have kind of like a global market perhaps or a national mm-hmm. market. So how is that sort of working for you in terms of, yeah, I guess being a very locally focused business? Um, well, for everybody comes to Vegas. And so for me, um, it, it's not really limiting in that sense. In the other sense though, I do want to grow my brand because Vegas is finite. Um, and so it's, it's, now I'm starting to look at being able to go into other cities and expand that and get, and get my brand out into other locations. So people have an awareness about it. So, um, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a new challenge for me now. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so in terms of what about your new skills, so you, you said you had your PR, your copywriting, your social media, you had a lot of, of good solid skills, um, which yes. are fantastic, but you also do menu maker, uh, menu makeovers and restaurant consulting. Those are kind of whole like separate skills. So how did you kind of move into that? Well, um, just my background, aside from being PR, the other part of this is I've worked in restaurants since I was 18. So I was the director of my last full, not full-time job, but my last job um, was the director of communications for uh, a restaurant group in Las Vegas. And so I spent a lot of time working, learning the ins and outs of, of working in a restaurant, owning a restaurant, working with chefs. And so now I have a, a few chefs that I work with for menu consulting where if I've got questions, they can come in and help. Um, and then working in terms of consulting with restaurants, it, it, I'm pulling that, that expertise from my oh, 20-something years working in that industry as well. Okay. I love it. I think you're a really wonderful example of you know, how you've utilized everything in your background. It's all kind of come together to, um, to make it, things work for where you are today to enable you to do what you're doing today. I love that because I think I know sometimes when I look back at certain jobs and I think I was probably not a very good employee because I didn't really want to <laughs> be there. And I think, oh, but when I, I think, oh, actually, you know, the skills that I picked up there are actually really helpful. So I, I think you're a, a really good example of that. It's oh, fantastic. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I think it also helps too because w- the skills I'm using are things that I love doing. And so I always tell people, it's, it's not work for me. I, I literally wake up every day and I love what I do because it's all, it's things I care about and I'm passionate about. And so being able to write or to work with restaurants and all those things and also have it help the, the world become a better place. It's like, it's all married together. And so it's, it's just, a, it's, it's wonderful to be able to do all of those things together. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Now you mentioned earlier when we talked a little bit about challenges, um, about, uh, fundraising and funding mm-hmm. a business. So can you talk a little bit as much as you're, you're comfortable in how, what, what methods you've used, I guess, to, to grow and fund your brand? Sure. Well, honestly, um, up until very recently or up until the past year, I was taking the money I earned from my other work and dumping it into Vegans Baby. Um, it's just, I, I didn't, that was it. I wasn't, there was no money coming into Vegans Baby, but I believed in, in what I was doing and I wanted to continue doing it. So I literally would just take money from every paycheck I got and, and invest it right back in to going out to eat, to doing all those things. Um, it just so happens that those things happen to be fun. So, um, you know, who, who doesn't want to go spend money, go out to eat? It's a write-off and I get to write about it. So, Absolutely. you know, it's, it, it, it's, it, wasn't, it, it, it wasn't a terrible thing for me. So it, it was a business and pleasure at the same time. Um, and then the other revenue streams, I've started to make money from the guidebooks. 
uh, from the events I do. I do, I do charge for the events now. Um, and then through the tours I do, uh, I'm launching an ad platform on my site in the next few weeks or month or so. Oh, so cool. there'll be a revenue stream from that as well. Um, and then I do have a shop on my site, but it's probably maybe about a hundred dollars. So <laughs> it doesn't bring me much, but so yeah, it, it, it's, um, all of these little things have just started to kind of add up a bit. Got it. Got it. And I thank you for sharing. I think that's really yeah. helpful that you've got those yeah, different streams of income and doing what a lot of entrepreneurs do in their, you know, got, got some, their kind of day job, if you like, and then investing that into the business until such time as the business is sustainable. So again, very yeah. smart. So, so one of the questions I was going to, in terms of marketing and PR was the use of the word vegan. Now, obviously you've embraced <laughs> it. It's the title of your, bit like me, it's the title of your, your company and uh, what have you. Cause it's interesting, I suppose, particularly because you're working in the, or, or part of your aspect of your work is food related and restaurants. Mm-hmm. We're sort of seeing this whole debate about, well, you know, should we use vegan or should we use plant-based? So I'm curious on your thoughts of that in terms of why you decided to call your 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 business vegans baby whether you think you'll stick with that or maybe shift it to plant-based because I know there's even a magazine in the UK that used to be called I think it was vegan um something and then they changed it they're literally called plant-based now which I think is interesting well I think for vegans baby the overarching idea of vegans baby is is being vegan not plant-based um because I think when I think of plant-based, it's food. It's your diet versus vegan is more of the lifestyle where I'm not wearing silk or wool. My products aren't tested on animals and all of those things. So for me, I stand by vegans, baby, and using vegan. However, that being said, I am the first one to tell a restaurant to have a plant-based menu, not a vegan menu. Nice. Um, <laughs> I absolutely, 100%, I, I think there is a stigma attached to the word vegan. Um, for me, it doesn't hurt my business because I think the people that are searching are coming to my site typing in vegan menus, vegan, vegan hair dye, vegan, vegan, vegan. Whereas I think people that are going to restaurants aren't necessarily going because of vegan. Um, but the plant-based is much more marketable for a restaurant. And I think it's a lot easier and more approachable if a restaurant is using plant-based versus vegan. And it also doesn't have that stigma that unfortunately um, is associated with vegan. Got it. That makes perfect sense. That's a very smart thing to do. And I mean, I love the word vegan, but it's yeah. like you've got to use it when it's strategic um, yeah. to get people through the door and, and listening yeah. to what you're saying. Fantastic. So in terms of the current marketing strategies that you use, what, what, are you, what are your most successful ones, both online and offline? Funny enough, my absolute most successful is Facebook. And I know Facebook has been terribly horrible to people lately, <laughs> um, but Facebook for me is huge. My engagement is really, really high. A lot of my traffic comes from Facebook. Organic? Um, what is that? Organic Facebook? Diana, organic. I well. barely, I will maybe pop in a hundred bucks to promote my food tours from time to time, but that's it. I don't boost posts. I don't spend money on advertising other than to promote the actual food tour events or my other events. So cool. it's organic and the reach, I think because, because the content is so niche and because I'm putting out not just restaurant write-ups, but news about the local vegan scene. People get really excited and they share it. I, I can have posts shared between 50 and 80 times a day, but d- depending on what the content is. And so for a small market like Vegas, that's huge. That's great. Um, Are you part of like local Facebook groups and do you oh, share yeah. your content in there? Does that help to perhaps get... I, I okay. definitely do. I also started my own Facebook group. So oh, as Facebook always prompts you, hey, you got a page, start a group. And I was like, Right. Okay. I'll start a group. And so I did. 
Um, so Facebook is huge for me. Instagram, once it hit the 10,000 on the swipe up has been very beneficial to me. Um, and then in terms of other marketing, I did finally, I hired a, a publicist <laughs> because I couldn't do it all by myself anymore. So she's been, she's been very helpful um, in helping kind of get the word out there about my, about vegans baby outside of Las Vegas. So those are the things that have really worked. Yeah. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now you were recently featured, um, in a brand video with Live Kindly, um, Mm -hmm. which is a fast growing vegan media platform. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that, about how it sort of came about and what it entailed, um, what the benefits to you were uh, for your business? Sure. So I actually met Jody, who is the founder of Live Kindly, uh, in December last year, we were introduced, um, from Matt with Veganuary and she happened to be in town. And so we went to dinner and realized that we, our beliefs are so in tune with each, with, with the others in terms of like living a kind, compassionate life and positive activism and being just approachable and making vegan life approachable. And we said, we really wanted to work together. And so we were brainstorming different ways to work together and this brand partnership came up. And so basically what that was, was um, she brought in a film team and I reached out to two restaurants that that I have that I have relationships with that I that I think are exemplary restaurants that have vegan food, and we partnered together to offer them uh, uh, offer them a feature in in this video that we put together. Ah, oh, fantastic! So they get to use it and share it around and use it for yes. their promotion. So the benefits are there to to them. Yes, oh. yes. So basically, uh, they were featured on my social media. They were featured on Live Kindly social media, which has an incredible reach. Yeah. And then I think they're also going to have um, stories, uh, profiles written about them. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's a really nice, yeah. I think that's a really good example of a collaboration um, to really kind of, you know, that benefits everybody, you know, the restaurants yeah. it benefited, I guess, Live Kindly, it benefited uh, you. Um, yeah. so I think that's a really, really good example um, of collaboration. So people yeah. hear that and think about how they can yeah, collaborate with others. And, and the thing is with these restaurants, not all of them are vegan. And, and I, with Live Kindly, I know a lot of their audience, they're not vegan. They're interested in, right. in learning more about their lifestyle. And so we really wanted to highlight uh, approachable places with just really good foods, whether, whether it was vegan or not, didn't need, like, obviously the food we featured was vegan, but like anyone that's going there that would try it, they wouldn't necessarily think, oh, it's vegan. They would just think, oh, it's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. No, that's great. Cool. So just kind of final couple of questions as we're, sure. we're wrapping up. So what, for, for those people who aspire to, uh, you know, just, I guess, do what you've done, kind of use their skills, quit their day job, you know, start their own vegan run business, mm-hmm. whatever that might be or whatever it might look like, what, um, what advice would you give them? What do they need to take into account before becoming an entrepreneur? <laughs> oh, I mean, first off, I, 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 when I started, I didn't have a plan. And let me tell you, I wish I did. <laughs> I've just been winging it as I go and thinking, oh, right, this sounds like a good thing. I'm going to go ahead and do it. <laughs> so I think part of it is, is really knowing um, what it is you want to do. And then the why I think is really important as well. I think a lot of, a lot of people that I've met the past couple of years, they see that vegan veganism and, and the vegan market is is growing rapidly and there's money to be made and I think if you're going in it specifically for the purpose of generating an income um, I don't necessarily know that you're going to succeed I think there's a lot of things that come into play when you're starting a business and you have to be prepared for all of those things and not just say hey I'm open and expect money to just come flowing in and I've seen a lot of business owners the past couple of years um, 
not make that money and either have to change the way they do business or shut down. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to, to be clear as to why you're doing something. Um, and also to know what your strengths are. Um, I happen to have the background that greatly benefits an online, an online presence. Um, if you, if I had a background like this and started a financial consulting company, there's no way I would succeed. So it really is knowing what you're good at and also knowing when and who to bring in to help you in the, in the parts of your business that you, that you can't focus on, or you don't have the background or skills to do. So I think that's really important to ask for help. Um, and also to, I think it's having someone to help with your marketing and your social media, especially today is, is integral to your business. Um, I would tell anybody if you're the one thing you need to learn is social media. And just because you have a Facebook page or you have your own Instagram doesn't mean that you're going to be successful running a brand on that. And that it's always really helpful to either bring in a consultant to take a couple courses or to just hire somebody to manage that for you that knows what they're doing. Yeah, um, absolutely. No, I completely agree with that. All very, very good advice. Um, what have been the, what would you say have been the key lessons you've learned since, um, since doing all of this, whether personal, professional or both? Uh, I think the key lessons I've learned personally, I think they, they stem into the professional is that you have to take chances and you can't be afraid. Um, a lot of the things I've done, I literally have just said, I've, I've woken up and said, I'm going to write a book or I'm going to, I'm going to start a food tour. And it's not something where I've ever just been like, like I've just kind of gone for it. Uh, so I think in terms of not letting fear take hold, I think that's been a really big thing for me. Um, learning how to balance work and life has been a challenge. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that is for all of us, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's so, you know, like I wake up on a Saturday morning and I just, I want to lay in bed and watch Netflix. But then there's this little bird chirping in my ear saying, you have all this work to do. But the thing is that work never goes away. My to-do list for vegans, baby, is probably a hundred things deep. And every day I add something to it and I do not, I'm not necessarily taking things away. So it's like, it's, it's being able to say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to give myself a break for a day because otherwise you go crazy. Um, so I think that's something I've learned. Um, I've also learned to ask for help and to, and to kind of, I'm slowly learning how to relinquish some control over my brand because as I want to grow, I know that I'm not going to be able to control every single thing that vegans baby is because I'm one person and I'm not. I'm not in a million different places at once. I'm just right here. And so it really is, I need to learn how to relinquish some of that control. And so I'm slowly starting to learn how to do that as well. That's funny. I can relate to literally all of those that I'm <laughs> sure a lot of people are singing. Well. And I wonder as well if, if in, uh, in your experience, because I know I've interviewed Kiki Adamy, who I'm sure you know, who does uh, Veganizer in New York. Who, uh-huh. And one of the things uh, she said that she had to kind of power through and seemed to be amazing at it was... Um, not letting the no's or the rejections like get her down because she would literally like be getting up really early in the morning. I mean, I couldn't believe when she told me this, I was like, wow, no, all power to you, a lady. And, um, you know, she was ringing up all these restaurants, like mainstream restaurants saying, Hey, you know, would you like, you know, to collaborate and we'll do a veganizer event or whatever. And she got so many no's. And I think a lot of people would have just gone, Oh, okay. Oh, well, maybe I'm not meant to be doing this, but she just like kept powering through and powering through. And even some of the ones that initially said absolutely no way, some of them actually did come around in the end because she was persistent and kept contacting them when they were ready they were then like yes. oh I think I'll ring that kicky woman because now we want to do this yeah I think that's really important actually it's a great point um no's never <laughs> no isn't always a final answer uh you know I run a <laughs> vegan dining month here 
And um, I last year I started with 20. And this year I've, I've started a lot earlier to get these restaurants on board for the vegan dining month in January. But it is about being persistent. And is if they say no, hey, well, let me, let, let's go back and, and, you know, we'll circle back to this. I think another really important thing that I've learned is how to have thick skin Um, (laughs) because it's tough. Like, because my brand isn't necessarily geared towards vegans, I get a lot. I've gotten hate mail from vegans for for being too lenient with the restaurants I support. Um, People, they're they're always going to be somebody who is going to say something nasty. And it really is. At first, when, when I first started getting these nasty messages, when people first started to just not be nice anymore, like I took it really, really personally. And then I was like, wait, you know what? This isn't about me. This is, I'm trying to do something to make, to make this world a better place. And I have to focus on that because if I sit and focus on people being nasty, it just, it, it can just eat you up. Absolutely. And so really getting that thick skin, it's hard. It's really hard. But being able to be like, nah, it's okay. Um, you know, and, and just, and, and turning it off is, is really, really important. Like I started getting messages from people on my Facebook and I just started removing them. And you know what? I don't, I don't need this in my, in my world. You can say whatever you want outside of, of, of the realm of my pages. But once you come into my page, it's my sandbox and, yeah. and you don't get to say that to me here. That's so, so yeah, I think that's such it's a hard. Knowledge. It is frustrating. I find it's hard, like, because I mean, because I have similar to your background of journalism. So I've written for mainstream media. I've written opinion pieces and I've had, you know, farmers and, you know, people within the industry calling me all sorts of names. And I don't mind. In a way, I kind of don't mind because I expect it. But yeah, when it comes from vegans, you think, oh, come on, you know, here's someone like trying to do something good, you yeah. know, to spread veganism in whichever way, you know, you can. And it's, I find it, it's harder when, when that kind of happens but I'm, I'm starting to do something similar to you is just kind of not get involved in those kind of big dramas and what have you and just focus on what you're doing because like yeah. you said there's always going to be haters or you know people working through their own issues and kind yeah. of unloading on you and to just not get caught up with that because you can spend so much time and energy and it can sap your your soul and your energy that can be used to do amazing things such as what you're doing with vegans yeah. baby so excellent so oh, this has been a wonderful uh, talk Dan I can relate quite a bit to what you're saying okay. and I'm sure our listeners will so it's been absolutely lovely speaking you. with you um, we'll Same put you. your website and everything on the, the show notes page so that whenever and if ever I'm in Las Vegas I'm certainly going oh, I've never please. been I've been to oh. LA, I've never been to Vegas so um, certainly if I'm ever in your your part of the world I shall uh, hopefully meet up with you and um, go around on the beach see what the vegan scene's like in Vegas I would love that <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest thank today you. Diana it's been a pleasure thank you So that was Diana Edelman from Vegans Baby. You can find out more at vegansbaby.com. And that link is on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts and going to episode 111. Now for our vegan business news roundup. An Italian restaurant in Toronto is closing down to make way for a plant-based eatery, reports Veg News. Notte Bene, I hope I've pronounced that right, apologies to Italians if I haven't, (laughs) owned by David Lee, who's a chef, will close on New Year's Eve, that's 2018 if you're listening in the future, and be replaced with another branch of high-end vegan diner, Planter. 
Lee is partnering with Planter's parent company, Chase Hospitality Group, to open the 7,000-square-foot vegan restaurant with an Asian-influenced cuisine in the spring of 2019. Lee has been involved in Planter's flagship Toronto location, as well as its fast-food spin-off, Planter Burger, and its South Miami outlet. He said, Focusing on planter and plant-based cuisine unlocks new challenges and compels us to be our most creative, to take risks, and to be our very best. Wonderful. (laughs) I love that quote. And how fabulous is it that a a meat-based restaurant is being replaced with a plant-based one? This is what we want. I'm loving seeing the demand for vegan food increasing, and this in turn will lead to vegan world domination, one business at a time. The American Butter Institute has written to the FDA in the US calling for a ban on the use of the word butter on vegan dairy alternative products, reports Live Kindly. The Institute claims products such as Miyoko's European-style cultured vegan butter and Fora Foods' Faba Butter dairy-free butter are misrepresenting themselves because they don't contain dairy. However, the organisation did not address the issue of nut butters such as peanut butter, terms that have been in existence for some time. So this is yet another challenge by organisations invested in animal agriculture and exploitation that are obviously feeling threatened because of the popularity and growth of plant-based dairy alternatives. The Plant-Based Foods Association and even dairy giant Danone have objected to further labelling standards, with both agreeing that consumers know the difference between cow's milk and plant-based milk and are happy using terms like milk for both. So interesting developments and we'll see where this goes. Finally, demand for plant-based meat alternatives in the US continues to go up, according to a study by research firm Mintel reported on Food Navigator. The Better For You Eating Trends survey from August 2018 shows that a third of US consumers plan to buy more vegan meat in the next year. The poll of 2,000 adults over the age of 18 shows that nearly 6 in 10 American consumers want to eat less meat, rising to two-thirds of older millennials aged 31 to 40. Concerns over health and weight management were cited to be the key factors motivating the decision to buy more plant-based meats. However, taste is consumers' top priority when deciding what vegan meat to buy and repurchase. Brands need to convey the taste attributes on their packaging to get consumers to try the product for the first time, and if the product doesn't taste good, people won't buy it again, the report found. So this is really important if you're working in this space. It doesn't matter how healthy or ethical for that matter a product is, it has to appeal to people's taste buds. And I think we're starting to see the standards of vegan meats go up as more players enter the market and manufacturers, both new ones and existing ones, find ways to improve the quality of their products. And that's a good thing because we really have to get people who are not necessarily yet vegans or ethical vegans, but we want to get pre-vegans eating plant-based foods and meats and making them tasty is the only way to go. 
So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave it a review and rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. Finally, I encourage you to head over to veganbusinessmedia.com where you can find more free resources as well as details of how we can work together to help you grow your vegan business. I'm Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. And I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.